Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. So, as they say today, welcome home or come home, Doxedo. It's so wonderful spending time with you this morning. And um, this Sunday is coined Homecoming Sunday because we want to invite you to come back home. Now, why would we even have a Sunday like this? I think it's quite obvious. It's because of the year 2020. Now, 2020 was by all means not a year that anybody could have planned for themselves. It was quite unexpected. It was quite disruptive. And the whole world faced a crisis, the COVID-19 crisis. This stirred up fear and frustration and anger in so many of us and in our hearts. But it wasn't only a COVID-19 crisis. It, didn't just it was not just a little virus that affected us. In fact, it was like this little virus that started like a snowball going and it became this huge, big thing. If you're really honest, it's more than just that. It has been an economic struggle an economic crisis that so many people are feeling personally in their finances. I mean, work stability has been challenged for each and every one of us. If you've not lost your job, you've probably had to take a pay cut. If that was not a reality for you, you probably had some serious disruptions within your working environment and within your workspace. We all faced family pressure, pressure on our families and on our marriages. I mean, I can just see my wife and I know for so many parents, this is a reality. You know, living at home, doing, working from home, schooling from home, trying to put all three of these things together in a very unnatural and sometimes even a chaotic way. It's a year filled with uncertainty for a future. Where am I gonna be? What's gonna happen next? Nobody knew. And this led to a next layer, like that last part that I think so many of us, if we're really honest, we would say this. But um, the COVID-19 crisis led into a changing of life rhythms, which had a slow, gradual shift into our priorities. The things that we choose to put first, the things that we prioritize in life. And if we're really honest, and this is the honest part, some of us, has even gravitated into growing some bad habits in our life. I will put up my hand first, not because of choice, not because we want to, but because, because of isolation, because of this chaos that we found ourselves in in 2020. For some of us, we stayed isolated, not connected. We, we don't connect with those around us, which is so vitally for humanity, for each and every single one of us. You were made not to live a solo life but to be connected to people around you. Some of us have gradually moved into some false comforts to deal with this chaos, to kind of try and find a space where we can just work through some of the emotions, some of the fear, some of the frustration, and some of the real serious anger that we're dealing with. We're running to false comforts, and some of us even living a selfish life. When it comes to bad habits and false comforts, as I've said, my hand will be up first. My wife is telling me nowadays to take some social distancing from our fridge to flatten my curve. So there is some work for all of us to do. This 2020 has really been a very interesting year for all of us. But it's now time, Dr. Deo, for Jesus followers, for each and every one of us to step up and to step forward 
into the mission that God has for all of us. It is time to come home. And when I say come home, I don't mean come back to a building. Even though I do believe that coming home and coming back to corporate worship, being together, experiencing the non-downloadables that God made us for, being a part of His church, being a part of His family, looking one another in the eye, praising God together. On Sunday, when we be praising God in, in Central, I, I, I can remember looking back and seeing people with tears in their eyes. Worship starts slowly, but then... At a certain stage, it just bursts out into praise. It was just so amazing to spend time together again. It's time to come back home, but coming back home does not just mean coming back to a building. No, it means coming back to the life God made for you and for me to live. So what does that mean? And what do we plan on doing today? Well, today, we want to stop for a moment and just own the moment. Just own where we are. Just talk about it for a moment. Secondly, we want to move on to celebrating Jesus in the midst of this moment. We're not just going to stay there. We're going to praise our King in the midst of this moment, for He is greater than any crisis you may face. And then lastly, we're going to take a moment just to pray for our nation and entrusting God's hand, His hand to reach out and that we see the blessing and the gospel of Jesus reaching this nation. So let's dive in. Let's start our homecoming Sunday, kicking off with owning the moment. Now, for many Christians, owning the moment might even seem like a foreign idea. So many people believe you can't grieve, you can't be in a bad space. It's like unchristian. Christians need to always be happy. Well, just by the way, the only problem with that idea is the Bible because it's foreign to the Bible. You see in the Bible so many people dealing and owning the moment in the midst of that space. Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane owns the moment. I mean, he's, he's filled with fear. He knows what's waiting around the corner and he asks God to let this cup pass. But yet in the middle of this moment, he steps up and he steps forward and he says, God, if your will, if this is what you want, if this is your way, David did this many times, stuck in the moment, had to own up to it. In fact, I want to read with you a psalm of David, Psalm 63, while he was busy fleeing from Saul, fleeing for his life. He's in the wilderness and it's absolutely, I mean, it's, it's dry. It's a desolate place. It's not a place that you want to stay in. It's really not a nice space to be in. And the Bible, the, the, the desert places are many times described as chaotic and empty. Vus in leach. That's kind of as they would say in Afrikaans. It is a chaotic, empty space, no life. And this is where David sits and he's fleeing for his life. And he's fleeing from God's anointed king, King Saul. Listen to what he writes. I want to invite you to come with me to the place where David owns probably the toughest time in his life. He says the following. He says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this dry and weary land where there is no water. Can you identify with where David is? Have you felt like this maybe during COVID, during this crisis the world faced, that everything just dried up? You're in this dry place and you're longing for more. Maybe you're there right now. 
maybe you need to own that moment right now. However, I do want to invite you to do exactly what David did. Because David goes on from verse 1. He doesn't just stay there. He goes to the next verse and listen to this. He says, I have seen you in your sanctuary, speaking to God. I've seen God. I've seen you in your sanctuary. And I've gazed upon your power and your glory. Do you know what David's doing here? He's in this moment of really chaos, not a good moment. He's in the desert. And then in that space, he remembers God. He thinks back. He gazes. He thinks back to a moment when he saw God's glory and God's power mightily reaching into his life, an intimate moment with him. I wonder today if there's someone looking that needs to remember. Maybe you need to remember God's hand in your life. This weekend I was speaking to someone who God radically reached into her life over this, during this COVID season. And after her journey just started, she went back to where so many of us would go to, like, where's God now? Is he still here? Is he still looking after me? And it was just a moment of chatting and, and reminding her of God's hand in her life. I could see how she was busy getting lifted out of the circumstances. Maybe you need to remember because the moment you start remembering what God did, thinking back, not just staying in the moment, you owned it, but you're not staying there. You're stepping up and you're stepping out of this with the help of God. You get to a place where you just start celebrating Jesus. I want to read to you what, what David does. After this moment of remembrance, he says, Your unfailing love, God, is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. You satisfy me. I will praise you with songs of joy. Doxodeo. We own our moment, but we don't stay in our moments. No, we step out of them because we think back and we invite God into the midst and we praise Him in the midst of our storm. Why? Why is this a reality for us? Well, because as a Christ follower, you and I, the life God has meant for us to live is not that. It's not a life filled with chaos and and uncertainty and despair. No, no, it's a life filled with hope. The life that you and I need to come back to is a life of hope. And where do we get our hope? Well, <clears throat> many times in crisis, hope feels like it flees from us. However, if you and I would flee to Jesus, we will always find a strong anchor of hope, the Bible tells us. In fact, in Hebrew 6, verses 18, he puts it the following way. I want to read it to you. He says, Therefore, we who have fled to him, speaking of Jesus, fleeing to Jesus, for our refuge, not to false comforts, not to quick fixes, no, but to the rock of the ages, Jesus Christ, if you flee to him as your refuge, you can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And then in verse 19, he describes this hope. He says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain 
into God's inner sanctuary. So the Bible describes our hope in Jesus as being an intimate relationship with God. We have access. We're going behind the curtain where God's presence is so prevalent in our lives, where we can enjoy Him. We have the intimate fellowship with Him. And the Bible describes this hope as being an anchor to our soul. You know what a ship desperately needs in the middle of a storm when the chaotic waters are raging on the outside is the first thing a ship does is it's dropping the anchors because it needs some form of stability. And when you live the life God made you to live, you live with this kind of hope. You live with the hope of Jesus anchoring you. You live inside of a relationship with him behind the curtain, intimately connected to the Father. Because where he is, the storms are silenced. You know, during this lockdown time, I've spent some time in the story of Jesus calming the storm. His disciples totally freaking out because of the storm raging on the outside. And where do they find Jesus? Sound asleep in the boat, not phased or touched or moved by the storm. They're actually amazed, kind of offended. Jesus can't, what, why? I'll be staying here. Jesus stands up from that boat. He speaks to the wind and the waves and they all go and settle down. Jesus is the rock of the ages. He is the anchor in every single storm that we have. Even the storms raging on the inside. You and I, when we come home, when we come back to the way God made us to live, as we live with the hope that we find in Jesus. And in crisis, we need to live in His presence and in His promises. And we find it behind the curtain with Him. Secondly, to live this life means that we live for Jesus and only Jesus. We have a focus just set on Him. The Hebrew writer writes about this as well. Hebrews 12 verses 1, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sins that we so easily trip us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then he says, how do we do this? How do we strip off the weights? Well, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Dr. Day, it's time when you come back home, it's time to strip off the weights. Let it drop. It's time to let it go and to put Jesus back in the center of your life. Whatever is keeping you back. You know, basically... What, what the Hebrew writer is saying here is he's saying, put first things first. Don't let little small things steal your attention and take you away from what's truly important. It's my job at home every year or, well, let's say every year or every time. Maybe it's sometimes we're privileged enough to do this twice a year. But when we go on vacation, my job is to pack the car. My wife packs the luggage and I pack the car. 
And she knows by now the first piece of luggage that I'm looking for is the biggest piece of luggage. And every person that's an expert car packer by now would know this as well. You put in the biggest things first. Why? Because all the small things fit in around it some other way. It's kind of like a miracle. I don't really know always how it works, but for some other reason, sometimes we go away for a week, sometimes we go away for a weekend, but still everything fits in the boot. And it all starts off by this very big, very important decision to put the big thing in first. You do it the other way around, you end up in big trouble because you have all the small stuff and then you try and put that big suitcase in and the boot just doesn't want to close down. So this is, this is kind of what's busy being said here. If you're a Jesus follower, the biggest and the most important thing in your life is Jesus. You live for Jesus and Jesus only. No one else, nothing else gets even close to that. You can't pack in your comforts and pack in what you like first. You need to put in Jesus. And the moment he's in, everything fits. But should you not do that, you make the biggest mistake probably of your life. Putting him first is the only way you deal with the chaos that you're in. Whenever you're in a chaotic place, whenever you're in a place where things are not working together, you address the biggest and the most important thing first. And in the life of a Jesus follower, it is Jesus himself. I want to encourage you with this. I really want to ask you as, you, as you're looking at your life and you're getting ready to restart and you're coming back home, why not take some of the things that, that you might think needs to be first, why not bring them behind the curtain and just show them to Jesus? Say, Jesus, is this, is, this, is this one of the things that I need to live for now? Or is this just me? Why not allow Jesus to speak into that space? That's putting the luggage, the big suitcase in first and getting ready to live the life God made you to live. So, Dr. Dale, we're going to end off our time, but... Before that, I know you might be sitting there and thinking, Lorraine, this is way too big for me. This is how, where I'm going to get the energy, where I'm going to get the power to do this. And the answer lies in, in a part of, the, of, of God that so many people neglect and miss. It's the Holy Spirit. It's to be filled with God's Spirit. It's the only way we can tackle this new reality that's waiting for us as we come back home. We need his spirit. You know, the disciples were captured and, and kind of like paralyzed by fear right after Jesus died on the cross. And it was just after his resurrection. They were hiding away in a room filled with fear for their lives. And the first thing Jesus does when he reached them is he blows over them and he says, receive my spirit. Then later on, we read in Acts how Jesus says, go and wait. And they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next moment, a power came out of the church because of the Spirit. And they went on mission. They could live this life where Jesus is the only focus of their life, where He is the anchor of their soul, where He is the only one that matters. And everything in their life surrounded and revolved around Him. It's only when you are filled with the Spirit when he comes to comfort you behind that curtain, encourages you, reminds you, strengthens you to live the life God 
made you and me to live. Paul puts it like this, Romans 15. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where we get our confidence from. It's the filling of God's Spirit pointing us to Jesus and keeping our hearts set on His hope, the hope set before us in Jesus. I'd like to invite you now to pray with me. As you're getting your heart ready, there's one thing that our country at this stage really needs, not just a celebration of the diversity that we have in this country, but to be truly unified in a hope far greater than our own human effort. We need the hope Jesus gives, the rock that's unmoved by any storm. And I'd like to invite you, maybe you need it today. Maybe you're part of one of the people in this country that says, I need the hope that Jesus gives. I need to come back to the life God has given me. I want to invite you to pray with me if that's you. But maybe you're already in that space. Then I want to invite you to pray with me for our country. That people will discover this hope in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can today, as we hear this invitation of coming home, coming back to the life you made us to live. God, I want to come and bring South Africa before you. As this country filled with such a diverse array of people who you have all created and you deeply and dearly love, I pray that we would find our hope in someone far greater than our own circumstances, than our governments, than our businesses, than, than our initiatives, than our capacity, but that we would gaze upon the one with the greatest power and glory Look at Jesus. See his unfailing love being better than life itself. And then, Father, I want to come and pray for people that needs to come back home. That realize today as they're listening to this, today is their homecoming Sunday. They need to come and unburden, bring things behind the curtain, come and say, Jesus, here is what is burdening me. Here is what's keeping me back. Here is the weights that I'm carrying that's keeping me back from living the life that you've called me to live. Father, I come and pray in the name of Jesus, as you fill us with your spirit, that those weights will just drop and we will stand up and step forward into this mission and privileged life that we have in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.